0: Life happens with Pimelo Martine. Pimelo Martine on SAFM. On SAFM. This feature is brought to you by the Solidarity Fund. Unity in Action. COVID-19 has had a negative impact on gender-based violence. The Solidarity Fund has identified GBV as one of its focus areas and has partnered with various organizations to assist with medical and psychosocial services, PPE, and access to shelters. To get help, call the National GBV Command Center on 0800-428-428 or visit the National Shelter Movement's website on nsmsa.org.za. Brought to you by the Solidarity Fund. Unity in Action. So it's seven minutes after two o'clock and the Solidarity Fund is committed to the eradication of gender-based violence. And as part of its commitment, we continue ongoing conversations every Monday afternoon discussing topics that will change all of us to find solutions and will really encourage us to find solutions towards ending gender-based violence. And the hashtag for this conversation is Solidarity for GBV to talk. Today we're talking about GBV in the LGBTQI plus communities and roshay kester is a hate crimes manager at out well-being which is an lg lgbtqi plus organization uh, roshay joins us on, on the line roshay thank you so much for making the time to talk to us good afternoon good afternoon to you Camilla. thank you so much for having me it, it sounds like a mammoth ma- a task that you've got there on your hands roshay just tell us a little bit about your organization so um, we are a organization that has about four sites throughout
1: the country, and basically we have two uh, main services that we offer. So mm-hmm. the one component is health services. So um, people can come in; they can get tested for HIV, mm-hmm. they can get initiated on antiretroviral treatment if they do test positive, mm-hmm. and then we also provide services. Okay. So that's the health component. The mm-hmm. other component of what we do here is very orientated toward human rights. So we have what we call a legal clinic here. So if there is anybody that experiences violence or discrimination, they can come into out and we will help them to find the best legal remedies Um, that will benefit them and help them to seek Mm -hmm. justice. Mm -hmm. So that's one component of the human rights. but we also help monitor hate crimes Mm -hmm. that happen to LGBTI people on various platforms, for instance, in conjunction with the Department of Justice as well. Mm -hmm. We have safe spaces, um, that we offer to victims as well and people in the community in general. Um, we unpack various um, things that can, that are usually discussed amongst LGBTI people because often when people are isolated from their family mm-hmm. or if they've been um, marginalized in the communities that they come from, safe spaces really act as a means of psychosocial support. Mm. So we offer that in addition to counseling to mm. people. And then, of course, we also, advocate on a policy and legislative level to ensure that there is a measure of access and also um, just administratively that things are made easier for those people who identify as LGBTI.
0: You know, I, I get it, but I think I want you to articulate it, Roche, the, the significance of putting an organization like this specifically for the LGBTQI community, why it's so important. Because the services you render, one could argue, you know, they're services that many other people can can benefit from, health services as well as, you know, gender-based violence and human rights protection and so on and monitoring why is it so important to specifically offer this to the LGBTQI community?
1: Well, I think it's, uh, it's pertinent to mention that a lot of these hate crimes and a lot of these forms of discrimination experienced by LGBTI people are widely under mm-hmm. And so this is because when people go to um, service providers, specifically in health or even the police, um, we experience secondary victimization. So police would ask awkward questions in a lesbian relationship to say, for instance, who's the woman, who's the man? Um, They would say you can't get beat up by a woman. Mm. Or if you are a effeminate gay man, for instance, they'd say, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Mm. And then, of course, trans people are also very vulnerable in our society because they don't conform to gender norms. Mm. And, um, you know, they belong on a spectrum of gender identity. And so these spaces and civil society and NGOs in particular are there to give inclusive and sensitized health care to LGBTI people, which is definitely needed. Because after you've been victimized, the last thing that you want to do is then to be re-traumatized by someone or an organization or
0: a facility that doesn't understand what your needs are. That, that's essentially going to dehumanize you. Rashi, Absolutely. And, and, you know, in principle, a lot of people hear this kind of conversation and they'd say, yes, we've heard about that before, we've heard about it. But I really want you to to give this more life in the sense that give us a sense of what people actually go through, perhaps maybe a case study, a case that you've come across that really needs our attention. Pamela, you know, there's actually too many
1: Mm. um, because there are so many hate crimes that happen. And so I first want to kind of just touch on what a hate crime is. And essentially, a hate crime is firstly a crime, but then it's also a message crime. So when people commit hate crimes, they're trying to send a message to an individual that they are not accepted in society that there's no place for them and this usually happens to people based on their sexual orientation or their gender identity but i'll give you a few examples and i think um, many of many south africans are attuned to the concept of corrective rape but what we've seen in hate crimes it's not that these crimes Um, like the victim won't just be sexually violated or sexually assaulted. You know, their body would be disintegrated. So we've Mm. had cases, for instance, where lesbians have been burnt beyond recognition, and the only way to identify them is perhaps by their dental records. Mm. Or, for instance, you know, they are they are mutilated, um, The body is completely mutilated, and that is uh, usually a signifier of a trying to say, listen, we are completely letting you and we are completely um, violating you in every possible way. And so that's the extremity of what LGBTI people face.
0: I mean, well, you know what you've just said now about the fact that sometimes to even identify this individual and their gender, you'd have to go and do other tests, and that—that that is so in itself is just so horrific and so shocking, and so when you are faced with the kind of prejudice that society has because unfortunately this seeks and leaks into the justice system um, the police and all of those it must also be a minefield even for yourselves to go and find uh, allies in those places that that don't see um, not that they don't see gender but people that are going to honor these people's rights as humans
1: yeah but, I mean, firstly, we have to remember that enshrined in our Constitution is, is that you are protected under our Constitution by means of your sexual orientation or gender identity. So that is the law. And then further than that, there are various guidelines for service providers that they need to adhere to to ensure that they give inclusive services. So one is, for instance, the particular people first clause. We tell service providers exactly how they should treat any client that walks into their offices. But in addition to getting allies, one of the mechanisms and what a lot of civil society organizations do is embarking on sensitization training. So we go to these service providers, we unpack the acronym for them, we tell them about pronouns We ask, we teach them what questions not to ask, and um, you know how to then engage with the LGBTI, with LGBTI communities so that they do provide better services. And of course, we can't sensitize everybody, but I mean, this brings the question to education and how education around gender identity and sexual orientation should indeed be part of school curriculum, whether it be at primary school level, secondary school level, or even and definitely at tertiary school level. Because those very individuals who do not get that
0: education, are the ones that then mm. act in discriminatory ways toward people later. Mm. Roche, let me just take a quick break and I'll also open the lines. And I think this is something that we, we should be discussing a bit more of. Oh one one seven one four two zero zero six 714 WhatsApp number is 0614-104-107. I, let me tell you, Roche, I, I actually am afraid it may be so difficult even for those who are seeking assistance to reach out publicly and that's something I'm going to ask you about just how do we allow people to even admit to seeking help and being safe in seeking that assistance so that I'll do that in a short while when I come back from this break SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide leading the conversation
1: for the other I hope my question is come up it's going to come across uh, correctly um, my question is I wonder how do they deal with gender-based violence within the L in their communities um, let's uh, use the acronym, and I, may, I might make a mistake yeah it's just within the community how's it being dealt with all
0: right Roshay um, Kister is with us. He, she is from the Outwellbeing. It's an organization that helps the LGBTQI plus community with all sorts of things, health services, human rights issues, and so on. Roshay, I don't know if you got that question from that WhatsApp call. Uh, your yes, response that to that? Yeah.
1: yeah, so I think uh, one of the misconceptions um, in general in relation to LGBTI people is that um GBV does not affect them. And um, I think from the, the governing party at the moment, they realize that this is indeed a myth. And that's why even in our national, natural, na- national strategic plan, um, in every sentence is an inclusion of LGBTI people because there's been a huge push by civil society for that inclusion. But I'll take you through a few ways in which GBV affects Um, particularly LGBTI individuals. So, I mean, when we speak about gender, um, our society is constructed in a very binary way. So we're made to think up and we grow in a society where we just think about men and women. But of course, we have to acknowledge that there's a spectrum of gender and it's much wider than that. So, for instance, we do have individuals that identify as non-binary or gender non-conforming. And then we also have trans individuals, whether they be trans men or trans women, and also intersex individuals that a lot of people don't know about um, that are born biologically ambiguous. So they have a variety of um, sexual reproductive organs or external sexual gonads that are representative as being either male or female. So when people present like this in our society, somehow because of our patriarchal ideals, because of our culture, because of religious values that are discriminatory, these people become targets in our society. And so if you... if you do not fall within the gender binary, that makes you more vulnerable in our population to be a victim of, for instance, gender-based violence. You'd always notice that, for instance, effeminate gay men are more attacked than masculine-presenting gay men. And that is for that very reason, because they do not conform to a gender norm. And similarly with, um, let's say, butch-presenting lesbians as opposed to effeminate lesbians, um, the, the butch lesbians are more prone and more vulnerable. So that's definitely... One part of what happens in GBV. the other part is that we do have to also acknowledge that there is domestic violence amongst queer people for queer people and queer victims, so especially queer individuals that are cohabitating with family members that are toxic, that are abusive, um, that are violent, that falls under domestic violence, and so often people are left desolate. Um, they're left without shelter, they put out on the street, and um, also economic abuse um, also occurs in in a home environment. So people would then threaten the individual. Either you stop your relationship or you stop acting a particular way, or I will cut you off financially. Mm. So those things also do happen. And then, of course, Intimate partner violence is also, it does occur in the LGBTI community. So this is to say within same-sex couples, for instance, a lesbian couple, and one would be, one partner would be abusive toward the other. And similarly with gay men. And so um, well the thing with GBV in LGBTI, in the LGBTI communities is that Thousandly people feel that they can speak about it because they, again, feel that they may experience secondary victimization from, let's say, the police they there to go and report it from the judicial system, if it gets to that point. Um, and usually there's also a thinking that these are things that only happen to heterosexual people, and this is an enactment of a toxic, Sexual culture, So it's not spoken about as much, but it does occur. And of course it does create different, um, different, different set of problems for individuals because sometimes they can't leave those situations because either they're, they're financially dependent or because they just do not have shelter. And we have a huge problem obviously with the lack of LGBTI shelters in South Africa. So these
0: are basically the, the, the ways in which GBV is expressed. Sure. To LGBTI people. I mean, Roche, it's, it's quite a lot there. You, you've said you've got four sites in the country. Where are they? So we have one here in Tuani in Pretoria.
1: Um, then we have one in Johannesburg in Marvel at 27 boxes. We've also got a site in um, Nelson Mandela Bay and then as well as Buffalo City in the Eastern Cape. So, how, how can people reach you, Roche? So if people want to contact us, they can contact our office. I'll give you the number. It's Mm -hmm. 012-430-3272. And our office is based in Pretoria, is at 1310 Bukapa Street, Colvin Pretoria, so people can call. They can make an appointment for either the health services, or if they are in need of human rights services. And you can obviously also check out our website and social media. I'll give you the website address, which is www.out.org.za. And through the website, you'd be able to see all the services that we that we offer. We're confidential in handling every case that comes across our desk. And we also ensure that you get the right
0: amount of care that you need um, here at our organization. It's been so helpful talking to you. And and I just want to clarify, it is just www.out.org.za. That's great. All right. So wonderful talking to you. Thank you. It's been really insightful. Russia Kester, they're uh, talking to us from Outwellbeing, and their website is www.out.org.za. And if you're a victim of gender-based violence or you know someone who needs help, please also contact the National GBV Command Center that operates 24-7, and the number there is 0800 428 if you are unable to speak, you can also send a please call me by dialing star 120 star 7867 hash or SMS help to 31531.